0: Hello and welcome to Even the Trunchbull, our show about children's books and why we still love them as adults. She's Nina. They're Matt.
1: And we think that children's books are for everyone because we've all been kids.
0: Even, Even the, the Trunchbull. Trunchbull. They're all mistakes, children. Filthy, nasty things. Glad I never was one.
1: From Roald Dahl's beloved Matilda, despite her protestations. Each episode we'll be reviewing one picture book and one chapter book. We're starting off with the books that we read as kids, but if you've got a book that you'd like us to review, especially if you are currently a kid, then please get in touch. You can email us on eventhetrunchbull at gmail.com or catch us on Twitter at trunchbullpod.
0: This week, we're reading books linked by the theme of loneliness. Bigu by Alexis Deacon and The Boy Who Climbed Into the Moon by David Armand. Shall we start with The Boy Who Climbed Into the Moon, as it's so special to you, Matt? Uh,
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I absolutely adore this book. We we tried recording this as a, as a pilot, didn't we? And it didn't quite take, mm-hmm. so we're redoing it. So we've, uh, we've already <laughs> talked about this book a lot. Um, this is one that um, I discovered for the podcast. So it's slightly special to <laughs> me in that sense, because a lot of the books have been brought by you. So it's nice to contribute one. Um, and yeah, so having read it for the first time, like a couple of months ago, it is possibly my favourite book. Um, So I'm entirely biased and entirely willing (laughs) to declare that bias. Um, We should credit as well also illustrations by Polly Dunbar and are gorgeous.
0: Mm, They're lovely, aren't they?
1: Would you like to give us a a synopsis rundown of the book, Nina?
0: Okay, yeah. So this is a book about a boy called Paul who lives in the basement of a tower block with his mum and dad. And he's having a sick day, even though he's not really sick he's really not feeling school right now and uh, people make him feel like he's stupid and he's got no good ideas um, and he decides that he would like to touch the sky so he gets the uh, lift all the way up to the top of the building and he meets a mysterious woman called Molly or Mabel we don't know and she invites him to touch the sky through her skylight And he does a little bit. It doesn't open very far, but he sticks his hands out. And then his parents arrive, and they're really flustered because they didn't know where he was. They sit down for some tea with Mabel or Molly, and adventures ensue. They visit Molly's brother, whose name is Benjamin. And then, with Benjamin, they decide to try to find out whether the moon is actually a hole in the sky which is Paul's personal theory. And so they get up there. Paul goes in, meets a girl called Fortuna, who seems to have been there for a long time. Um, and then they come back out again, and everybody's reunited. The end. <laughs>
1: Great. Is that all right? Yeah. Um. So that was a, a completely accurate rundown of what happens um but I feel like the real essence of this book isn't captured by a synopsis essentially you know it's it's a book about ideas like it's a kid's book but it's a book about ideas and it's a book about imagination and that's kind of why it works as a kid's book like the whole theme throughout the book is you say something and then it happens you think something and then it happens you know yeah Um, yeah Paul is this isolated lonely boy who goes on this journey of self-discovery on the way up to the top of the building he's meeting people who are saying oh you must be um Mabel's nephew so then when he gets up to the top and he meets this woman he knows that she's Mabel and she says Mm -hmm. yes hello but actually I'm sick of being Mabel so I'm going to be Molly we're going to pretend that I'm Mabel's twin sister uh Mabel's off around the world traveling and I'm sitting the flat for her so I'm Molly um and then it becomes completely accepted that she is Molly um yeah (laughs) uh yeah and then so while they're in the flat Molly's pressing Paul for a good idea um yeah and he doesn't really have one and she says come on you must have one just think say something um and he says the moon is not the moon the moon is a hole in the sky um and molly's saying that's amazing that's brilliant and his mum says to him afterwards i didn't know you thought that and he says neither did i um until i said it um but then that becomes true and there are loads of other things in the book that um are said and then become true and are true because they were said or were true anyway. Um which so it becomes it becomes kind of a little bit about space and time. There's this lovely yeah. bit when they're on the way to Molly's brothers, after they've been up in her flat, puts a telescope to the window and says, Can you see my brother? And Paul says, No. And she says, Well, have you imagined him yet? And he says no. So, well, well, how could you possibly hope to see him?
0: Yeah, that's a great line, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and then he sees him, he looks again, he sees him. And when they're on the way to her brother's in Paul's dad's taxi, which he has because Molly has asked him, what do you do? And he says, I'm a taxi driver. And she says, I thought that's how we're going to get there. And now, (laughs) is Paul's dad actually a taxi driver? Was he ever a taxi
0: driver? Debatable.
1: I think absolutely yes, but also <laughs> entirely not until that was said, which doesn't mean it's not true. Um, but they're driving there in the taxi and uh, Molly's going, right, you want to turn left here and then left. And then when you see a cat, turn left. There's the cat, turn left. And now turn left again. And Paul's dad's going, well, back in the same street. She goes, <laughs> are we? Was there a person in a green coat last time we were here? No. Well, then it's not the same place, is it? Now turn right, now turn right, turn right, turn right again. And they go on like this for a while. <laughs> um, and that passage, I think, is where I fell in love with this yeah. book. I was like, this is this is about the space-time continuum in a kid's book.
0: It's about you can't cross the same river twice, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, it... Yeah. I suppose there's an element of the beat poets in this, that idea of you think a thing and then it is that first Mm. thought best thought and I remembered uh, a Paris Review interview I'd read with William Burroughs where he's talking about there being no such thing as coincidence which is this idea that Burroughs believes in firmly that coincidence doesn't exist that that feeling of you thinking something and then it happening and that seeming strange isn't strange you have made that thing happen by thinking
0: it the ladder bit. That's my favourite bit. Once Paul has explained his idea about the moon being a hole in the sky to Molly and then also to her brother Benjamin, they decide to test the hypothesis and they decide that they're going to need to get up on the roof so that Paul can go and see if the moon is a hole in the sky and they're going to need a ladder up there. And so Molly goes... Aren't you also a window cleaner or something? Like pulls down and he's like, Oh yes, of course, I just have this massive. No, no, ladder. no. She
1: says, What else do you do? Oh yeah. When yeah. you're not a taxi driver, what else do you do? And he says, Well, I'm a window cleaner.
0: She goes, Yeah, yeah.
1: I thought you would be. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll have ladders <laughs> in the course of your work then, won't you? And he says, Yeah, I do. They're in a the lockup right yeah. behind that building that was. It's, it's next so to
0: convenient. It. it just happens to be because they need it to be. Um
1: I read this one with, with my partner, um, and her idea was that molly is very much a doctor who character
0: oh yes. Which i thought was
1: really really good parallel you know like specifically
0: complete... the matt smith one
1: yeah yeah but that i that thing of like <laughs> there is a complete logic to everything she does and says but the logic is kind of shifted slightly to the left <laughs> so you're not immediately aware of what that logic is and it seems crackers yeah but is completely following its own set of rules
0: Yes, and you'll, you'll understand it later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that is a good thought, partner of Matt's. Um, <laughs> so they need a way to get the ladder to the top of the building so that Paul can climb into the moon. And they can't work out how to do it. And then they go, well, we've got neighbours and friends. They're going to help us. And so they all call out, neighbours and friends, neighbours and friends, we need your help. Paul has a wonderful idea. We need to get this ladder. Like, stick your hands out of the windows and we'll pass you the ladder and you can pass the ladder up the building all the way to the roof. And they all do it. And it's as if the hands are climbing the ladder, but the ladder's climbing the hands up mm. the side of the building and onto the roof. And like, to me, that was like the most visually striking moment. But that was so beautiful. And it's like a gorgeous, painting. isn't it? Yeah.
1: We, should we, we could find... Let's see if we can find that section. Here it is. Uh, But what can we do, came a voice tumbling down from the heights. Stick your hands out of the window, yelled Molly. Lift the ladder. Hundreds of pale hands appeared, shining in the moonlight, sticking out into the night sky. Now give them the ladder, said Molly. Alfred extended the ladder. He carried it towards the apartment block. The hands took hold of the rungs. Take it up, called Molly. And the hands began moving from rung to rung, just like they were climbing, but it was the ladder that climbed, foot by foot, window by window, floor by floor towards the sky.
0: Isn't it lovely? It's great. <laughs> it's just such...
1: A, like, this is what David Allman does so well. It's mm. simple images, well-tooled. Yeah. Um. Just well-tooled, simple images. Um, and this kind of... Yeah, I mean, this is it, sort of... This book's kind of structured a little bit like a poem for me. It's kind of very simple in terms of actual events, you know. Yeah,
0: when you do the synopsis, it doesn't sound good.
1: Paul goes from the basement to the top floor because he wants to touch the sky. He meets a woman who has a sort of shifting personality um <laughs> who presses him for a theory which is that the moon's a hole in the sky takes him to meet her brother um who is kind of like a war vet with some very interesting ideas on the world
0: yes um, we need to talk about we need benjamin. to talk
1: about benjamin yeah and then they go back to the apartment block run up a ladder stick the ladder against the moon climb in meet the people who've flown into the moon in the past, <laughs> climb back out um, and bring one of those people back with them. And that's kind of it, but it's, it's so, it's so carefully written. like there are bits in terms of that determinism, like there are bits where, for instance, it'll be written like they press the button for floor nine and the lift went to floor nine and, um, and spelling it out like that doesn't seem necessary but again it just it's all kind of tied back into the same theme right from the beginning mm. of you can make a thing happen by saying it yeah um and ideas are important
0: yes it is a book about ideas isn't it yeah and about paul's ideas being important and at the beginning paul specifically says oh at school they don't think he has good ideas mm. and that's why he doesn't want to go to school and then he's sort of a little bit pressured by Molly and Benjamin, isn't it? Especially Benjamin, because Benjamin threatens to put his head back in the paper bag every time Paul hesitates too tell us, long to Tell us take...
1: tell us about Benjamin. Tell us yeah. about Benjamin. So, so
0: Benjamin, we're... seen through the telescope, is small with curly hair and he's doing his garden. And then when they get there after their journey in the taxi, he looks like Jesus. As in, like white Jesus, who you see in like all the Renaissance paintings. He's tall and thin, with a long beard and long straight hair, blonde, I think. Um, And he is having a bad day. Molly explains that when he was growing up, um, he was so shy that he had to have a paper bag over his head all the time. Which you know, relate. (laughs) I didn't have a paper bag, but I was so shy. I couldn't say my own name it was too embarrassing for me to acknowledge my existence by saying my own name it was really hard for me to be introduced to people for that reason Um, and so and sometimes he has relapses where he needs to go back into the bag and they arrive and he's in the bag and she's like oh no and Paul's like should we leave him and she's like nope come on Um, how has your day been from 1 to 10, 1 being really rubbish and 10 being really great? And he goes, 1. She's like, aha, uh-huh, the scale is actually the other way around. 1 is really great. And he's convinced. He's like, oh, I do feel really great.
1: He's transformed. So he he's yeah.
0: transformed. And he's happy and he wants to um, And he tells Paul and his parents some stories about the war that he was in mm. um, and that he kept dying. In the war and that was the only way to bring the war to an end was just to lie down in the ditch and die yeah. and so he just kept doing that over and over again and everybody else did it and in the end the war stopped because like there was nobody left standing
1: he has support for paul's theory so they
0: which he forgets to add the first time he tells the story yeah.
1: so he's about <laughs> to go in again paul's saying. He goes, why was I telling that story? Paul says, you you were going to back up my theory that the moon is a hole in the sky. He says, ah, yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I saw, uh, when I was lying dead in the ditch, this one time I saw a bomber coming over and everyone around me was scattering and panicking because this bomber was heading straight for us. And then it disappeared and it flew into the moon. And I thought, huh, the moon is not a moon, it's a hole in the sky. So there you go, that yeah. supports your theory. <laughs> so... I totally didn't pick up on the Benjamin as Jesus thing. Um, And I know last time we were chatting about this, you mentioned that. And I was like, ah, yeah. yeah." And then we started to chat about that a bit. And like um, maybe the moon is heaven. And it's this place where Mm -hmm. like it feels like this limbo space. Because once they get into the moon, Paul meets Fortuna, who got blasted out of a cannon by her uncle. Um, Mm. who put a bit more gunpowder in than usual and she went straight into the moon um, rather than into a net on the other side of the pyramids. Um, And she was (laughs) really shocked that Paul didn't remember her and was really keen that people remembered her. And everyone in the moon had this thing about being remembered. But everyone in the moon was nice to each other. And there were all of the bombers and missiles and bomber planes all stacked up in there, but there were also pterodactyls um and trapeze artists and hang gliders <laughs> and like biplanes from like the first experiments of human flight. Um but yeah. everyone in there is kind of trapped in this like childlike limbo zone. Um
0: Yeah. And they're so nice but Paul actually suggests that everybody take a year or two in the moon to become nice. I think Fortuna
1: suggests it. Yeah it, says, oh, is it. yeah. it says everyone everyone should spend a year <laughs> up here. That'd sort everything out down there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is quite heaven like in that way as well, isn't it? And the wanting to be remembered, yeah. that's a very like dead person thing. Yeah. yeah. And and Paul doesn't remember Fortuna because she was shot into the moon
1: In the twenties. Maybe a I century think. ago.
0: Yeah. yeah, a century ago for now, yeah. Um so that's why he doesn't remember her.
1: But Molly does.
0: We need to talk about Molly does. <laughs> because Molly is Doctor Who. Um whose brother is jesus (laughs) but
1: yeah so the (laughs) jesus thing so um okay do we go into this one because i've already done a lot of academic research
0: yes i want to talk about jesus you want
1: to talk about jesus Um... cool (laughs) benjamin start us off on jesus um
0: his story about war is a story about self-sacrifice yeah and falling down and rising again you know, that, like, the only way to bring the war to an end was for him to die. And so he did. And that's, you know, Christianity, isn't it? Um, is not is <laughs> Jesus dies for us all. And he does it over and over again. But also, so when he first tells Paul this, Paul's like, but you're alive. He says, I was dead, not I am dead. Yeah. You know, so he's able to come back from the dead. And he guides Paul to this heavenly place. Um, and the thing that really made me think that he's Jesus is the very last illustration, yeah, which is basically the Last Supper. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're laid out exactly the same around the table, and there's Benjamin slash Jesus in the middle. Is he offering someone a sausage sandwich? I think he yeah.
1: is. Because <laughs> <laughs> sausage sandwiches are better than war.
0: Because yeah, that's theory. another one of Paul's yeah great thoughts. Um. And, he... and for
1: the sake of vegetarians and religious beliefs, we're going to assume that this sausage sandwich doesn't these necessarily need, necess- need to be pork <laughs> or any kind of meat. But that in mind, we can all agree that sausage sandwiches are better than pork.
0: Yes. Um, and what we'd said about him is, so, he, so he's got these like parallels with Jesus. He's also quite clearly a mentally ill man who just wants everyone to get on and be nice. There's
1: definitely PTSD going on, isn't it? It's quite... Yes,
0: definitely it's from the wall. not And again,
1: not something yeah. that kids would pick up on, but totally like a really easy avenue into talking about that with kids if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really... It sets that up in a really accessible way.
0: But maybe that's just what Jesus was maybe Jesus was just a bloke who asked a lot of questions and who led people in the right direction and wanted people to stop dying and for war to end and for everyone to be okay. And then everybody, you know, was like, Oh, son of God, you're the most important person ever. Um, and maybe he was, and also he was just this like slightly crackers person who went around asking too many questions.
1: Um,
0: I also want to talk about Fortuna because in my in the course of my research for this book I went and had a look on Goodreads. And opinion is very divided on this book. A lot of people don't like it. And the people who don't like it think Fortuna is a brat.
1: I mean she is a little bit. But she Okay, so again, let's look at Fortuna's situation. She's in Heaven Limbo land. Um and clearly in life, like, her whole crack was being fired out of a cannon stuff by her uncle. And, and Paul says, like, oh, that's a shame. Your uncle must miss you. And she goes, musty? I had a cousin called Florella. You'll have just trained her up. So, like, there's yeah. a lot of kind of childhood neglect going on there. Right? Yeah. So I think the fact that she's, because she's really put out, you know, like, someone else her age drops through a hole in the moon. That must be amazing for her. Um, Like she's seen another person Mm. from the world below. And she's not remembered. And she's really like, she's really upset about it. So what do you mean you don't remember me? And she's really put out. She is
0: upset about that. And she's really jealous that he has really nice parents who are worried that he'll get stuck in the moon and not come back. And then she... And so she keeps trying to tempt him to stay. But then they let him go.
1: I you know, I and the, yeah, it, that tension build at the end of is amazing and so well written. And like certainly the first mm. time I read it I was like
0: Yeah I could
1: feel his mum's panic. Like I genuinely didn't yeah. know whether he was gonna get stuck <laughs> in the moon forever. Um mm. but I don't I don't think Fortuna's a brat. I think she invites herself back into the world with him. But I think yes. that's kind of lovely. Like she's being as brave as she's suggesting he should be, in the same way, yes. um, and she doesn't ask, but it's entirely clear that there's space for Paul to say no. Um, she just says, yeah. "Take me with you," but again, it's that determinism thing. It's, "Yeah, yeah I'm going to say this, and then it will happen," but not that doesn't strike me as bratish, mm-hmm. It just the the way that that's written just strikes me as again folding back into the themes that he's set up. Um, all in a kid's book which is amazing like read this book do you know what I think as well because I've read this twice now Mm -hmm. and the second time I read it I read it like to and with my partner and we sort of read it chapter by chapter which having already read it it was lovely but when I first read it I read the whole thing in an hour yeah and I really think that that is the way to conceive and experience this book (laughs) like I couldn't put it down like Mm -hmm. I think it's because it's kind of like watching a film. Like, if you've got the time, and it it should just uh, it should just take an hour, hour and a half. It's about what? <sighs> How many pages is it? About
0: it's about a hundred.
1: About hundred pages or something, but quite big type. Yeah. H- about hundred and fifty, quite big type.
0: And um lots of pictures.
1: But it's yeah, if, read it in one go if you can. So you think um, it's a
0: one gulp book?
1: I reckon. I reckon, yeah.
0: Okay. I think it's possibly a good read aloud, though. Like, I think maybe a child might not have the patience to keep with it, but might enjoy having it read to them as sort of a soothing, not Do much both, happening.
1: Do or either, yeah. depending on your circumstance. If yeah. you're an adult who wants to read this, and I'd absolutely recommend it, Yeah. put an hour aside and blitz through it, um, and then read it again, and yeah. then again. Um, or if you're reading it to kids, then two chapters in a go. They're short chapters, give them two. <laughs> be nice, treat your kids. Adorable, We're recommending it to everyone. Yeah, everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: Enjoyable kids book that is a simple story about imagination. And if you want it to be, it's also about philosophical debates over free will and the space-time continuum. So that's The Boy Who Climbed Into the Moon. Beegoo by
0: Alexis Deacon, I found in the library. I don't have a long history with it, but I really like it, and I think it pairs really nicely with The Boy Who Climbed Into the Moon. Do you want Mm. to summarise it, Matt?
1: Uh, Yes, I'll give it a go. Um, (laughs) So there's a little alien rabbit called Beegoo who... um, wakes up and is alone uh, and doesn't know where their mum is. um, Thinks they can hear their mum calling um, but it's not. It's just a telephone box ringing and then tries to find some friends or some people that can love them and thinks they've found some in a a stray dog's home. uh, Curls up in a box with some little puppies um, but then gets promptly thrown out in the morning by the owner of the of the, of the home um, and then wanders around a bit more thinks they can hear their mum can't again and then comes to a school or a creche um, and kind of does make really good friends with some kids um, which is going really well until the sort of teacher comes over and throws Bigu out by the rear. ear um, and so then Bigu's alone again
0: But now she has a hoop from the children.
1: Has a hoop from the children. Classic sort of beamish style Victorian uh, hoop stick. (laughs) Or a hula hoop, yeah. She uses her ears as a stick. Yeah. Um, And then does hear her mum and they come down in a spaceship and beam her up and she tells her parents all about... Um, how most of the people here are pretty unfriendly, but some of the littler ones are nice, and she hopes that the little ones will remember her.
0: Yeah, I'm saying her
1: now. I was going with them.
0: Um, I think
1: it's she in the book. It's she in the book, is it? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> um, I couldn't remember, and I thought, yeah, Bigu's pretty gender neutral, but it's gone with yeah. she. Cool. Um,
0: <laughs> so this book to me is shockingly sad. There are so many beautiful illustrations of Bigu, this little rabbit looking alien with three eyes, um
1: just bright yellow rabbit, basically yeah bright yellow three-eyed rabbit
0: <laughs> and and the and the antenna slash ears are so expressive, aren't they? They show all yeah. of her feelings um and she's often just looking out over the city or looking out over the planet, and she's all alone. And you really feel that. You really feel it with her. And the point after she's been thrown out of the school and she's back to being all alone now with Hoop, you said when we first read this that that felt like the real end of the story, Mm. the real last page where it's just another two-page spread of her lying on her side all alone.
1: And she says, and again it repeats, she thinks she can hear her mum calling. Yeah. But she can't. Or can she? Yes. And that felt like, yeah, structurally that feels like the end. Yeah. But it isn't quite.
0: So everything good in this book is yellow.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Bigu is yellow. Bigu is very yellow. And the puppies are yellow. Yes. And the children are dressed in yellow at school. And then the tractor beam that beams her back up to her home is yellow, and the moon is yellow, and her parents are yellow. And I love the use of colour in this book.
1: Mm.
0: It's so, like, often the backgrounds are sort of almost drab-looking in comparison to Bigu. Bigu is this bright flash, and she's so full of hope and love, isn't she? And I love her little, they're almost like hieroglyphics that she talks in
1: yeah yeah i
0: love the last page where basically the whole book is summarized in a little speech bubble from bigu it's like oh there's puppies and you can't recognize every hieroglyphic but you say oh that's puppies that's hoop that's school that's telephone box (laughs) that's moon um
1: I feel like I know what Beegoo would sound like, even though you get no actual indication of that. Oh, go
0: on. What does Beegoo sound like?
1: I feel like it's this sort of like (laughs) bloopy, excited blabble. Very quick and very...
0: I agree. I think that's what she sounds like too. She's
1: a sponge for information in the way that little (laughs) kids are, I think. And too naive to kind of consider the idea that anyone would be unfriendly.
0: She's yeah. just like,
1: Oh, I'm alone. I would like to not be. Let's go and find some people or things or whatever there is.
0: And first she speaks to some rabbits because they've got right, ears yes. like her.
1: Yes.
0: But they don't listen. <laughs> no. And then she tries to speak to some leaves, but they don't even stick around to hear her. They yeah. just blow away. <laughs> she's you know, because she's new on this planet, she's no idea what's sentient and what's not. But she, you know, I, she's
1: new to any planet, right? Yeah. Like, I, I get the impression she's dead little.
0: Yeah, me too. And she's just, you know, with every new encounter, even though she's rejected at every turn, she's full of hope. Mm. Maybe you will be my friend. Maybe you will play with me. And she, you know, she always really tries. And then the adults who throw her out of the various situations where she finds friends have this look, don't they? they have this build and this colour profile and this looking down the nose.
1: Yeah, the, the head teacher in the playground is drawn so well. <laughs> I remember when we first read this together, yeah. like, even before you turn the page and she's throwing Begu out, like, as soon as she appears in the picture, like, I was like, oh, news. she's bad news, she's trouble. <laughs> We've got these, like, horn-rimmed glasses pointing up mm. at the end. A bit, sort of, a bit, a bit mistrunchable, actually, but a bit more a sort bit. of
0: librarian yeah. version. Yeah, um,
1: but that similar sort of absolute no nonsense, like let's hammer throw this over the fence where it belongs.
0: <laughs> yeah, and she holds Bigu at arm's length, like the owner of the dog shelter. They both hold her at arm's length, as if she's dirty.
1: And they're both people who sh- whose job is to care for people or young, animals. small things. Yeah,
0: yeah. So they should care, or maybe they can't tell that she's young and small because she's so alien.
1: Or it's—it doesn't matter that she's young and small. She's she's different. She's separate yeah. from what they are specifically uh, charted with looking after. Yeah. You know. I wonder... Oh, do you
0: know what Bigu sounds like? Bigu sounds like a telephone box. Of course.
1: Yeah, because that's, that's
0: her mother's voice. <laughs> that's what she thinks is her mother's voice. They sound like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm right, but. I've, I yeah. didn't. I didn't invent that thought. We're back to determinism. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, when I first read this, I thought this is almost too sad for a child.
1: It needs that ending. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You couldn't actually just leave her on the hillside with a hoop.
1: That is. It, I don't know. I don't totally know why, but like structurally, that is where it should end. Yeah. She's back where I agree. she started on the hill. Mm. And there's this vague glimmer of something else is going to change. I think reading it as an adult, you know that the next step is ah, her parents are going to come back.
0: Yeah. They really need to come back.
1: Yeah. It is so bleak otherwise. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, the whole story is just lonely things stays lonely. People are rubbish.
0: (laughs) But it stays with people are rubbish. And I think that's quite impressive. Yeah for a children's book
1: well it stays with I mean I think the way it freezes it is quite nice actually it's, um, it's a planet full of uh, people and the, the big ones are quite unfriendly but some of the smaller ones were really playful
0: yeah and they gave her this hoop and she's showing the hoop to her parents yeah I think it's quite lovely I really liked the way the sky was painted as well Mm. in all of them and the way the s- spaceship sort of comes out of the moon yeah. maybe it's the same moon from you know, letting things in and out
1: it's that from, kind of Lowry um, wash isn't it, it's got that mm, kind of yeah, yes. quite a nostalgic feel which allows feel.
0: Bigu to like really stand out with her fluorescent yellow ears
1: yeah
0: um, this is really beautiful um, and I think people should read it should get it out of the library
1: it's a little emotional kind of gut punch
0: it is Uh, but
1: softened at the end um so yeah i think a lovely one for little kids i think in terms of age like what we're talking sort of up to about five or six
0: yeah yeah but i would start at two yeah go to six yeah let them stay in the room when they're nine yeah if you've got a four year old sibling to be read to yeah
1: um but if you're in the library and they have it have a read oh, anyway definitely
0: read it to yourself yeah. yes yeah have a little like heart-clenching moment
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay so that was episode four of even the trunchbull
1: thanks for listening
0: once again if you've any thoughts on books you loved as a kid
1: all of now as a kid
0: let us know or ask a grown-up to let us know we're at even the trunchbull at gmail.com or you can catch us on Twitter at Trunchbullpod.
1: Intro music for this episode and every episode is What a Wonderful Day by Shane Ivers.
0: And remember, kids' books can be for everyone, because we've all been kids. Even Even the the Trunchbull.